0: You're listening to Marketing Matters
1: on Business Radio.
0: Welcome back to the program. This is America's Reed, and, of course, this is Marketing Matters, and this is, of course, our spotlight segment. I am absolutely blessed and grateful because I am joined in the studio with my good friend Lee Applebaum, Chief Marketing Officer at Wheels Up. We'll be taking your calls at 1 Wharton. That's 1 844 942 7866. Welcome to the program, Lee. Thanks. It's great to be back. back. I don't know how many yes. two time guests you've had. I, hey, man. But I'm, I feel very privileged. I'm excited to have you back. And as a matter of fact, listeners, Lee has been so grateful and blessed our, our presence to join us for two days at the Wharton School to give us his knowledge, to drop his wisdom, to give us all the insights. He is a marketing guru. We are blessed to have him here. And he's going to talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff he's doing with respect to a fantastic brand called Wheels Up. He's going to tell us what that is. He's going to tell us his role. He's going to take us a little bit through his journey as becoming a marketing guru and really flexing the muscle. All of the marketing skills that he has i learned a ton from him today in today's two sessions where he taught my students here at the warden school start us off Lee, by telling us a little bit about kind of really quickly your journey you know the marketing magic how you fell in love with brand you have passion for helping consumers and this has parlayed into some of the wonderful work that you're doing at wheels up
1: Yeah, well, first of all, Flattery will get you everywhere, America. So thank
0: thank you very much. Uh, Ting
1: ting that up. And uh, I'm glad you have no energy this uh, afternoon as, as well. Um, but, but I need to
0: amp myself up, right? Truly, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, it's yeah. a it's a privilege uh, to join you again, and also uh, to to join your students. I think some of the certainly the brightest minds in this case in marketing in the future generation of marketers. So it's yeah. a great opportunity for me uh, to share some of my thinking with with them. I've spent my career in in marketing and really mm-hmm. been blessed in the journey. As I said when I spoke to some of your students, it's a combination of what I like to think is a little bit of skill, mm-hmm. a lot of luck, and some lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my in my my journey I've I've worked and been so fortunate to work for a range of brands in different verticals and industries you know iconic blue chip brands like Coca-Cola and Target uh, more entrepreneurial brands although at scale like Patron Tequila yeah um, which was a great I've experience heard of that brand. Yeah, yeah you might have yeah <laughs> right
0: um, congratulations thank you yeah. uh
1: and was a, a brilliant opportunity and now moving into private aviation it wheels up I've done that in in private and public companies as well mm-hmm. um, and really had a had a fabulous journey. you know the one common thread across all of those experiences mm-hmm. is these are brands or products that consumers love. Mm. They love mm-hmm. And I found that that love is what fuels me and fuels yeah, our team. Yep. it is easy to work. On brands or, or products or services that your consumer needs and that your consumer loves, and mm-hmm. and I found that that love doesn't necessarily. I don't necessarily have that love at the inception of my my journey. I'll I'll give you an example. Okay. I spent uh, a portion of my career working for a brand called David's Bridal. You may or may have <laughs> never heard of it. Yeah. It was actually founded uh, here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact. Okay. Um, and when I was approached about the opportunity to be their chief marketing officer, I said, Well look, you know, I'm a guy and, and I'm married, work for a bridal like what? <laughs>
0: what's going on here. <laughs> and then
1: I reflected on what I just said, which uh-huh. is is this a product, service, or brand? that the consumer loves oh. and, and the answer is mm-hmm. for that bride to be mm-hmm. the the gown mm-hmm. right is the visual center of yeah. everything it's yes it's when she sort of dreams of that perfect wedding yes. it's walking down the aisle this is very traditional now but right in that gown mm-hmm. and my opportunity and my team's opportunity to be a part of making that experience a reality mm-hmm. and by the way the bar for service excellence mm-hmm. couldn't be higher Got because they're oh. are- there's no do over, there's no There's no make good, right? There's not the coupon for we're sorry, please come back next time on us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Although unfortunately in weddings, there is a comeback uh, element to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's the kind of thing that energizes yeah, me. This was a consumer for whom the purchase was absolutely critical mm-hmm. and the obligation that I and my team had to deliver on that brand promise. Gotcha. And that's kind of
0: been a thread throughout my entire career and is very, very true here in private aviation. Now. Pri- So I want to jump to this. First of all, I love that because you're telling me, Lee, that the psychic energy – and I love that because what you're basically saying is that it's that empathetic perspective taking – that then fuels the fire that says I can breathe I can be the the channel by which the joy is brought into people's lives and that this value gets added and I get to be a part of that magic that happens. Now I do want to switch to to this notion of private aviation because I don't think lots of people think about private aviation much. So please school us on the world of private aviation first and then tell us some of the really amazing things that are happening at Wheels Up. Yeah, thank you. So Listen,
1: private aviation is probably the most discretionary and certainly <laughs> irrational purchase people will make. It yep. is it is a blessing to be able to fly private, um, mm-hmm. whether that is personal or corporate travel. Um, what what we found uh, certainly coming out of covid Mm -hmm. and i think look for the two decades or so that preceded it this experience economy people wanted to be rich in experiences Ah. but what we saw coming out of covid was that people these experiences matter now more than ever Mm -hmm. and rather than simply being well traveled it's about traveling well. Oh. It's about investing in mm-hmm. those moments that matter. Now, it's not lost on me that everybody or a vast majority of the population can't travel privately. Mm-hmm. But for those who can, mm-hmm. which is actually a larger audience than you might think, we okay. estimate about 90% of Americans who can afford to fly private really? today do not. Okay. Do not. They, they do
0: not. They okay. do not. And What's the, the reason for this? The
1: general barrier is perception. Oh. It's it's I believe I can't do it. There are also barriers to entry. So, It is a very murky transaction. It's sort of old school, very analog. I call a broker, Mm -hmm. not exactly sure who I'm talking to on the phone. Mm. I'm spending an extraordinary amount of money Mm -hmm. for a product that is, by its nature, has to be incredibly safe and trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Don't know what I'm spending my money on. Mm. And that creates friction. Mm -hmm. So we've got a large group of consumers in the U.S. who can afford it, Mm. but simply either don't trust it or aren't sure how to access it. And so... a key to our ethos is how do we unlock that? How are we transparent? How do we remove those barriers, remove that friction, and connect all of these consumers who want to fly private mm-hmm. with, interestingly, more than enough supply in the marketplace oh. to be able to take care of them? They're actually more private jets Available in the marketplace, mm. uh, then there is necessarily demand.
0: The trick is to connect the two. Oh, I see. And so, in connecting the two, Lee, what? How would you characterize? Because this wheels up is the is the mechanism that's going to be the thought leader, the brand that really creates this opportunity to reimagine private aviation. Do you have in your mind, you and your colleagues, how you frame the the mission? Yeah, and the ethos of, of of this connection. I know it's a very technical uh, exercise to be able to to put planes and people together. But first, talk about the vision and like how you see and why it's different from other things that consumers may perceive as part of. Uh, The travel experience and maybe why they haven't considered it or don't trust it, for example.
1: Yeah. In in every way, private aviation is antiquated, which Mm. is ironic because (laughs) the products, the actual aircraft are incredibly sophisticated and very, very safe. But it's a it's a very analog. But it is also incredibly narrow. Mm. The consumers that private aviation at large speak to are a very stereotypical Caucasian, older male. Mm. I mean, that's the target. Now, no, don't get me wrong. Those consumers remain very important, but they are not the face of private aviation today. Gotcha. The face of private aviation is younger. Younger. It's far more diverse. Diverse. It is African-American. It is Latino. Mm -hmm. It is LGBTQ+. Mm -hmm. It is not the traditional view. And so at our core, when we talk about democratizing private aviation, because people will sort of get a little <laughs> cockeyed and I'm like, well, this is, are you really democratizing it? Mm-hmm. Democratization really rests on this idea of accessibility. Mm-hmm. And part of that accessibility is a perception. Mm-hmm. It's a perception that I am welcome, that I am invited I here as a brand. Mm-hmm. And, and our unlock is how do we ensure that these consumers who are economically viable Mm -hmm. but today brands aren't speaking to them understand that there is a place for them a seat for them at wheels up and that requires a very different brand voice it requires different media meet these consumers where they are. Mm. It has very different messaging, tone of voice, the visuals. Mm-hmm. It also requires a very fundamental look inside at our business and brand. Look, it's very easy to do a photo shoot with diverse customers <laughs> and all of a sudden say, oh, look at us, we're a diverse brand. Welcome the right. Wheels Up. Mm. That's not where it really matters. People mm-hmm. see right through they that through and it. they should. Mm-hmm. So this, this branding starts on the inside. Okay. What are we doing gotcha. from a diversity and inclusion standpoint inside our ranks? With our pilots, with our maintenance technicians, I see. With the marketing team, mm-hmm. the executive staff, the board of directors. Right. So holistically and ensuring that our brand has the integrity mm-hmm. around diversity inclusion that we can then telegraph out. But but that unlock for the addressable market, welcoming this 90% who don't participate today mm-hmm. is partially predicated on welcoming these customers in, number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two. The harder side um, is facilitating that through technology. So, actually connecting these consumers with the aircraft mm-hmm. becomes difficult. Difficult. And so, if you think about Uber as yep. an as an analog, mm-hmm. I mean, what that company has done to transform the space is nothing short of remarkable. But on a comparative scale, quite easy Mm. because the logistics of moving cars Mm. is fairly straightforward Mm -hmm. compared to aircraft Mm -hmm. you have aircraft moving all over the world you're not sure where they're going to be and the cost of moving those aircraft is exponentially more expensive Mm -hmm. so there is an art around the brand, Mm. and a science around facilitating that brand and its connection with people that gets very
0: complicated and also really exciting. Amazing. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we are speaking with Lee Applebaum, who is joining the Wharton School over the next two days, guest teaching at the Wharton School, dropping his knowledge about the amazing work that he does and an amazing brand called Wheels Up, and it is the brand that is going to bring private aviation into the world and back, make it accessible, make it understood, reimagine it. I love what you're doing, Lee. Talk a little bit about this idea of building it from within. I love that point. Because it seems like it's gonna be hard. If you're gonna try to create this diversity inside the building and built within the DNA and the ethos of wheels up, then that's not something that you can snap your finger and it happens overnight. So you're probably doing some things to invest and be part of that conversation so that that eventuality can be reaped later on in the future. Can you speak a little bit on that?
1: You're absolutely right, Americus. Think about the fact that transforming your organization from the inside does take time. And there are certain functions that are easier than others to recruit and bring in and invite a diverse workforce. There are other things that have a much longer lead time. Let's think about pilots for a, just a second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who are the the heartbeat of our organization? Without your pilots, nothing happens. They're technically trained, um, you know, remarkable individuals. But if you don't have it, and pilots aren't something you usually decide at the last minute, hey, I'm going to be a pilot. <laughs> many of these many of these men and women have aspired to be professional aviators all of their lives. They've, mm-hmm. they've dreamed since being little kids mm. about flying or flying for others. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the diversity agenda and imperative, mm-hmm. we've got to actually begin inspiring I diverse youth. Got it. Let's start talking to children now. Mm -hmm. But that may not manifest itself for two decades. Gotcha. And and the fact is there are some very stereotypical career tracks Mm -hmm. uh that we've gotta break that mold on. And so we are Investing now in young aviators gotcha. that look different than today's aviators, gotcha. to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means that it is a there is a very very long lead time for that transformation. But we're committed to doing that. And then look, there are other functions where there are there's a diversity in demography, a diversity in thinking that's out there today. And gotcha. it's just a matter of going out to the world and bringing that talent in.
0: I love that Lee, because what you're talking about is. It's the interface of the understanding of doing the right thing, but also doing the right thing societally for stakeholders, for the brand, for the mission, for the ethos. It's trying to triangulate all of these aspects to build something that's special and authentic and has a a deeper soul to it. I love that. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about this idea of the challenge of because i think people often have in their mind because it's a, a kind of archaic old perception you know how do you overcome because there is this sort of wealth shaming problem that's out there you know people you know everybody hates people with money until they have money <laughs> so so like how do we how do we begin to reimagine how do we how do we rebrand private aviation first and then in parallel you know build the wheels up brand
1: yeah it's an excellent question and you know, doing right and making money are not at odds. In fact, they're very complementary. The, the, the more profitable you are as a company, mm. especially as a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. which we are, mm-hmm. the more we are able to invest in the things that are doing right. So things like ESG and environmental oh. and social responsibility, okay. mm-hmm. for example. And those things are, are critically important. But but part of that is recognizing that we and our consumers truly are are blessed to be able to fly private. And with that, we see a real obligation mm-hmm. to invest in mm-hmm. and give back to ah. the communities that we serve, the customers that we serve, things that we are doing in philanthropy, for example. Gotcha. So work that we do, one example is Feeding America. We do a lot of work and we're very, very proud of our relationship with Feeding America and helping to attack. Food insecurity. Gotcha. It was very clear during COVID mm-hmm. that although our business was, we had a tailwind from COVID, mm. pun intended. Oh, interesting. Um, be, because people were who were economically able, one way they were able to fly um, amidst COVID and to connect with loved ones was to do it private. We also recognize that there's another side to that, which is now more than ever, there were food insecure Americans. So what could we do to turn that benefit that we got from our customers during COVID into helping those less fortunate. And so partnering with Claire Babineau and with Feeding America to give back. And we did that directly through either cash donations. We did it through mobilizing across our 2,000 employees by activating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some of our brand ambassadors to come out and speak about and contribute to food insecurity. Those are ways in which I think we can balance this dynamic tension between the benefits the affluent are afforded or have earned and the responsibility to give back.
0: Gotcha. Listeners, if you want to join this conversation, one eight four four 844 warton is the number. That's one 942 Let's jump to the phone lines. This is Brian from West Palm Beach, Florida. Hi, Brian. Do you have a question for Lee?
1: Hey, good evening. Uh, gr- yes, I do. I'm just curious. Obviously, you have an affluent, a more, I'm going to make a, an assumption here, uh, a more mature demographic as a generalized statement mm-hmm. uh, as a base. Do you, is Metaverse at all a priority
0: with you all right now? What are your thoughts on that kind of forward-looking?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much talk. Great question. So much talk about the the metaverse. Yes. Um, we are by nature. These experiences are very visceral. Yeah. I mean, you're you're flying on a private jet, which is uh, still a pinch me experience. Got and it. you're traveling. You know, we remind ourselves all the time that although we are flying people, what we're really doing is facilitating these transformative experiences, gotcha. Gotcha. which look I, I I love innovative technology by its nature I'm fascinated by this notion of mm-hmm. the the metaverse mm-hmm. uh I have a hard time believing that it will at least for quite some time a little bit of time ever. Mm-hmm fully supplement the experience of toes actually in the sand, the <laughs> yeah. warm sun, what yeah. you felt, the altitude strain of being at Machu Picchu yeah. and that your heart was beating faster, yeah. the air was thinner, the spiritual energy of being there. I'm not sure how you capture that yeah. in the yeah. in the metaverse. Um, there's certainly some talk about could you be a private flyer in the metaverse? Interesting. And I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah. What I never want to do is close down innovative thinking. Got it. Um, but today we're focused on the very real, very visceral mm. experiences. And again, coming out of COVID, if there was one lesson learned is there is absolutely no substitute mm-hmm. for human engagement ah. and interaction. And at our very core, that is what we do. We connect yep. people. Can that connection eventually happen over bandwidth? Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. For Mm -hmm. now, now. we're focused on connecting them in person, sitting across.
0: Absolutely. We really appreciate the call. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Yeah, I think it's interesting, Lee, because (laughs) it's one of these things where part of what you're doing is you're trying to, to create this experience, but talk a little bit about, because Brian was mentioning technology playing a role. There is a role for technology in this, and please speak on the unbelievably sophisticated mathematical problem that must be solved for all of the jets that are out there floating around as assets, how that can be optimized against the demand that people have to be a part of this experience, if you could.
1: Yeah, so this is supposed to be a right brain marketing show, <laughs> right? And we're supposed right. to talk about all this stuff up in the in the ether. Right. But the reality is that beyond the brand that we're building at Wheels Up, which we want to be modern contemporary have some real swagger to the brand mm-hmm. the reality of making that happen is a very left brain technology unlock gotcha. it is people who on our team who are a lot smarter than i the bar is low arguably <laughs> but you know phd's yeah. they are working in in things like artificial intelligence in machine learning using predictive analytics because Unlike the commercial airline business where the aircraft are scheduled, we know when a specific aircraft, when it will be, where it will be, the airlines control that, our fleet is floating. We don't know when the planes will be where until they are booked. And so it is all about maximizing that asset utilization and making sure Because it's very expensive when you fly an empty aircraft, as you might imagine. You're still burning the fuel. You still have your pilots. You still have your crew. Um, The technology unlock is remarkably complex. Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett famously talks about the competitive moat. That you build around a business. That's how you build these these sustainable uh, businesses with market share. Mm -hmm. When we think about our Mm moat, it's actually not the brand. Uh It is technology. It is technology. That is the unlock. I see. And that is why, quite frankly, nobody has disrupted private aviation. The Wright brothers were the first private flyers, right? (laughs) They've been doing it for nearly 120 years. But it hasn't been disrupted because the technology unlock is so complicated. Mm -hmm. It's, as I said, almost exponentially more complicated, say, than Uber Mm. or take Airbnb. Uh A house is static. It is Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. We know where it is. We know when it's booked. And if it's not available, it's not available in their inventory. Uh, It's an an amazing business that Airbnb has built, transformative. But the technology that sits behind it, Mm -hmm. much simpler by comparison. So it is a really complex problem we're solving. But when we do it, combined with the accretive power of the brand mm-hmm. that is the biggest deepest widest moat
0: possible. Oh, I see that's very very cool. Lee Applebaum who is the chief marketing officer at Wheels Up is joining us in the studio and at the Wharton School over the last 2 days guest lecturing here. I want to ask a question because I think that, you know, part of on the on the demand side, one of the things that we've been speaking about word of mouth and not influencers but advocates or what you refer to as ambassadors. Talk a little bit about how you develop on the demand side folks that are so passionate about wheels up and willing and so desired to jump into the community or the wheels up tribe, if you would, yeah, beyond just the organic,
1: say social mentions that happen from our members and customers, people love to share photographs on on private aircraft as they do <laughs> in travel in general. It's a really cool experience, and yep. they they want to share that with with others. we're we're so fortunate to have early round investors in our company and and later in our IPO who are really well known. They're Mm -hmm. the, you know, the Serena Williams of the world Ah. and the Tom Brady's of the world and the Russell and Ciara Wilsons um, who are investors. They are members. They are flyers. Mm -hmm. And their ability to organically share their experiences after a Super Bowl, after a Grand Slam win. Mm. Um, And by the way, they're not all athletes. They're artists. They're artists. chefs. Thomas Keller. Ah. The guy's got eight Michelin stars. Ooh. To have Thomas talk about his experiences is a really organic way for us to share the brand with reach. But these aren't endorsers. These are are true ambassadors, they're members, and again, they're investors. So they do have an economic invested interest Mm -hmm. in
0: helping evangelize the brand as well. And that's a really unique model. That's very, very cool. We've got about a minute left. Tell me what you see as the critical thing in the future that's going to be something that you're paying attention to in this travel space, in the world of private aviation, continuing to build this out. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said, which is about uh, this idea of
1: diversity, mm. it, it is, it's, I won't ever say it is overused, but I think some almost perceive it as cliche. I, I can tell you without hesitation that the only way you fundamentally transform and enlarge this industry and tap into the opportunity is simply to be more inclusive. Because the fact is these people are economically available. They are ready and interested to fly today. And nobody is talking to them mm. genuinely and authentically, oh, mm-hmm. and for us, that's a huge area of focus, as it is for travel more broadly.
0: Very, very cool. Lee, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you also for coming to the Warden School. You're here two days, and we're blessed and grateful to have you here to talk about Wheels Up and just to share your marketing guru wisdom with us. Where can our listeners go to find more information about you and everything that's going on at Wheels Up? Uh, WheelsUp.com, and here's the beauty. Uh-oh. You can actually... Download the app,
1: Okay. search, book, and fly today. Totally oh, wide I open see. and democratized. Okay. So uh-huh. if any of those people, the 90% who don't fly private today, uh-huh. uh, there's a seat for you on the plane. So book it or check us out on social media. At Wheels Up.
0: Very, very cool. Okay, listeners, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank our producers, Ms. Dana Cash and, of course, Dion Simpkins, who make the magic happen behind the studio wall and really make us sound really cool. Uh, We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and, of course, we're replayed several times throughout the week. You can follow our show. On Twitter at SXM Marketing, and you can follow business radio at SXM Business for more information about all our programming. And of course, check out our new website, SXMMarketing.com. And listeners, of course, I want to thank you for joining me today in the studio. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Professor Americus Reed, Business Radio, SiriusXM, Channel 132.